0: The following is brought to you by Braided Media.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Narratives of Purpose podcast. I am your host Claire Morigande. On this podcast I bring you inspiring individual stories of ordinary people who are making extraordinary social impact in their communities all around the world. And hopefully, I can inspire you to take action. This week is the third episode of our Tech for Good series. Today, we address health technology with my guest, Mary Carbajal, who is the CEO and founder of BIOS. BIOS is on a mission to empower every individual with access and ownership of their personal health information. In our discussion, we talk about medical transparency, in this era of digitization and technological advancements. Please take a moment to rate and review our show by subscribing to the podcast on your favorite app, but right now, have a listen to Mary's journey in building the first truly global health information solution. I'd like to really welcome you warmly on the show, Mary. Hi, how are you today?
0: Oh, I'm doing fabulous. Thank you so much, Claire. It's such a pleasure to be here
1: with you today. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Really happy that you take the time to spend this this few minutes with me today. And um, before we start into our discussion, I just want to, you know, give a bit of a of a glimpse to the audience why I invited you. So I, I heard you speak recently on a, on an interview. You were speaking about BIOS. And I was really fascinated to see that, you know, people are really using technology for good, in a sense. And especially in the healthcare environment, right? So many things are going on right now. And I thought it would be nice to have you on and to discuss a bit more on what you're doing, why you're doing and what you expect, what are the outcomes you're expecting. But before we go into that, let me uh, leave you just a couple of minutes to introduce yourself to our listeners and share some of your background. So what would you like our listeners to know about you?
0: I think, you know, first and foremost, I always lead with what's the most important thing in my life, and that's God. So, you know, I am a woman of God, led by God. And, you know, uh, people who talk to me says, oh, you founded BIOS. I said, actually, God founded BIOS. It was a God idea. You know, I'm just the co-founder. But um, so, you know, very blessed. Uh, I've had an incredible life uh, thus far, and it's just going to get better from here, you know, uh, by God's grace. But um, I am... um, originally from New York, uh, born of uh, European immigrants and um, adopted by an African-American family in the deep south of Louisiana. So I've got a lot of diversity in my background, you know, and um, I have been uh, very blessed to to uh, work in corporate most of my life and, and with that came the benefits of being able to work around the world. I've uh, worked in over 50 countries around the globe. I've lived in seven by God's amazing grace. And had a real opportunity to do what's really important to me, which is to meet people, to learn about people, to learn about culture, you know. And, and how do people think and, and and what works and what doesn't work in different parts of the world, right? And so I, um, I grew up through IT. I've touched about every discipline you can imagine uh, through the, um, through the industry of technology. And uh, along that path, I've been afforded uh, incredible opportunities to to learn, to grow, develop and to lead incredible teams around the globe. Yeah. So I uh, decided to to leave corporate America and uh, and and take a jump of a leap of faith, as they always call it. Right. And and muster up some of that courage I have to go do something that uh, serves humanity. Um, So people are very important to me. And I wanted to address uh, uh, an issue that serves everyone in the world, uh, not just some people.
1: Yeah. Well, that's really a fascinating uh, background, I have to say. And you've really, you know, been so successful at what we've done so far in corporate, as you say, corporate America. You've worked in so many different countries and different continents. So I'm curious to know, why did you move from all these other industries into healthcare and really to found your own, you know, your own ventures for healthcare. So why healthcare and why BIOS? So
0: for me, I think some of the challenges we have in healthcare um need there needs to be a focus on marrying technology and and, and healthcare together right so so marrying all the aspects of health from the medical side of the industry as well as technology and so um when i left corporate uh, world when I, and back in actually back in the end of 2018 is when i was really starting to think about this a lot we had a lot of challenges um you know in the world with um uh with people unfortunately having to leave their company uh, country and flee their countries right and so the refugee uh, challenges were uh, we're we're growing rapidly, right? And and at first, I thought, how do I solve this problem that I'm trying to solve here in Bios, or that we have solved in Bios, uh, and we're getting ready to actually launch here pretty soon in Q3? How do how do we solve it for people who are in migrant situations, right? So they're moving perhaps from their countries uh, in refugee camps, from different refugee refugee camps, perhaps, and even from um, uh, in in underserved communities around the globe, right? So I really started with that. Uh, at the forefront of my mind, because I always believe as a technologist, when you can design uh, technology to work in in underserved communities around the world where they may not have access to all the technology, um, and you can get around it somehow and still serve those communities, then you can can solve it for everyone, right? And so I really wanted to address a problem that we could go after and, and be able to positively impact uh all of humanity right and so that's why i jumped in that space and yeah i'm a strong believer that um just because you're very savvy in one particular industry such as technology for example when you put the right people around you right so make sure you surround yourself with the with the right um team and the right uh, advisors uh then yeah you can jump into
1: any industry i think so how did you manage to find the right people to to go that path
0: uh, maybe quickly, I'll address what problem we decided to try to go after. Yeah. So there's three major problems that we wanted to address. So the first challenge we wanted to address is how do we um, set up an environment where we can allow all individuals to have all of their what, what what doctors would call their medical history right with them at all times, regardless if they had a phone or if they didn't have a phone, right? And so how do they have the ability to put all that information, store it in the cloud, uh, and, and protect it by the highest level of, of security out there today, which we have it protected by blockchain technology. And so how could we do that to where that data entry is no longer redundant? And that's for everybody in the world, right? Because you know, we go into the doctors, we fill out 15 pages of paper, sign HIPAA forms, all that good stuff. And we have to do it almost every time we go in. And that's mainly part and due to the fact that our health could have changed, obviously, from the last time that we've been in, right? And so uh, the challenge, though, is that we don't get to reuse that data. And so, or update that data at our own time and have it readily available. So, getting rid of the redundancy and being able to streamline that process, enter your data in once and update it when necessary, share it with whoever you want, whenever you want around the world. The second problem we wanted to address was there's very little transparency across medical professionals, right? I think we're, we're working on that in the states, you know, and we're trying to get better at that. And there are a few countries that do that uh, well, but they are they are um, not the they are the exception; they are not the norm. And so, be able to have information where if you share your medical profile within BIOS, to three or four different doctors, as long as it's not psychiatric data, those doctors will be able to see each other's data. Yeah. So if you've got a cardiologist and an endocrinologist and a general practitioner or or um, or any any doctor for any uh, specialty, then those doctors, when they update records, your records, or we pull that data through an API, right, and and populate your your profile, then. Everybody has access to that data at the same time. And so it's real-time, up-to-date data that allows your medical professionals to to provide more optimal care and to see you as a complete person, right? Not just a cardiologist looking at your your, your, your cardiovascular system, for example. And then the last problem uh, and challenge that we really wanted to address was how could we identify an individual biometrically? right instead of you know people are now putting chips in in people you know to to test that out and and i'm i'm just not a huge fan of that personally but but how do we how do we allow a human being to use uh, what a God-given print on their body, right, that's unique to them, and, and be able to identify themselves and pull their health information up? And so we have patented technology now that allows people to biometrically use their hand, their entire hand, fingerprints, handprint, veins, everything, to actually identify who they are, and pull up their health information. So those were the problems we were trying to go after, right? And so now you're serving almost every community there is out there. You're even serving, you know, you don't have to go to underserved communities outside of the states. We have many inside the states, right? We have many homeless populations, unfortunately, throughout the states. And I was just talking to some ER doctors, and they were all over the fact that this would be great to use uh, to help. And, and manage um, you know some of the homeless population from a medical perspective, right? And so once I knew the problem we were going after to try to solve, um, then I knew the people I had to get around me, right? I needed to get some really great ER doctors. I needed to get just doctors in general, researchers, Um, I I have some life science people, uh, people in the genome space around me, professionals uh, that are professional nurses, you know, that are really boots on the ground, right? That are in and out patients every single day. And, um, and of course, you know, getting the right folks from a technology point of view, right? Um, So I've got an incredible gentleman that's uh, working with me in the security space, uh, ensuring that we've got all the right controls in place and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, no, that's a very important point in terms of you know security because these are obviously sensitive data. So I'm sure you have that covered as well on the technology space. There's one thing you mentioned in the second point that you're addressing. You mentioned the word API. Can you just uh, expand on that in case people don't know what that is?
0: So API
1: means application
0: interface, right? And so what we what we've done is we've kind of built the foundation uh, to where first you can come in and you can put your own information in. So it's kind of like instead of filling out that paperwork, right? You're putting it in an app now. And now you've got access to it, right? And like my mother, uh, she's uh, she's passed by now, but she suffered with diabetes, very, very bad diabetic. And the last 10 years of her life, I took care of her. And so um, she was in and out of doctors, surgeries, since she had two uh, four implications uh, on her body and was in dialysis the last four years of of her life, right. So that's an incredible amount of medical information uh, and prescriptions that you can imagine. I had to keep a spreadsheet for all of that information. Yeah. And but a spreadsheet didn't allow me to take pictures of labs and 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 put in information around any kind of, you know, scans or whatnot that she may have had. And so, yeah, I had to um, literally keep a, a thick folder of information. And and so we took that into consideration when, when we first designed BIOS, right? So when I went through and I designed what it should look like, I wanted first the ability for us to be able to enter our own data, okay? And then we get to the point where we are gonna start looking at how do we connect to existing systems out there. So there are existing EHR systems that are out there. A lot of these systems are built for institutions, right? And, and patients really don't have access to it. But there are a lot of them that patients do have access to. And then some of their data goes out there. However, you can share that data very freely, right? So that data is there. It's in a system that exists. Um, you know, we've got some great back-end systems, and we're not there to compete with those guys. We're there to complement them, right? We've got the patient at the center of what we're doing, and we're saying, hey, let's allow the patient to pull that data in and be able to have a platform that they can use that will not only share, have their information at their fingertips and allow them to share it with whomever, wherever they're at in the world, but it's also going to educate. Yeah, so we're building educational services into it as well to educate people about their health.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. And I can absolutely relate on that, you know, when you were speaking about um, having a large folder of of medical uh, information. I mean, I, for myself, I moved so many times within Switzerland, which is quite small, but, you know, you probably know that they also have different languages. So I moved from the French speaking to the German speaking. And because I have a chronic condition, I, you know, I couldn't keep like my, my treating physician from one city to another one. So I had to kind of move with my own data, right? And I could absolutely see the benefit there, you know, even for for someone like me, right, who could just, you know, I have a new doctor, I live in a new place, or I need to visit an, a new specialist, and everything is in one space, and I actually I control it, you know. So that's it's very, I think, also empowering for the individual, right? And to really connect and create this transparency and trust with your with your treating physician. So I I think it's going to be quite, um, you know, revolutionary.
0: Absolutely, you know, we we are a game changer. You know, we really are. If you think about you know, there's been a few industries where you can think about, you know, who are some players out there that really forever changed an industry, right? And and you think about Apple, of course, Apple comes right to top of mind, right? And, and Apple forever changed an industry on, on a few different levels, right? And, and, but, but one in particular, if you think about way back, it's the whole streaming music capability. Not that they were the first one to stream music, but they were the first one to give you that user experience where it was pretty seamless, right? The same with Airbnb. You think about, we now think differently of where we stay when we leave home, right? And and whether it's a, a on vacation or go get away for a few days, whatever the case might be. And and then Amazon, of course, another big giant, right? That really changed the way we buy. I, I think BIOS will be one of those forever changing solutions, right? That will forever change the way we view access and share health information.
1: So you just said that you'll be launching very soon in Q3. and it's been now a year and a half since we're all through this, you know, going through this pandemic. How has the COVID-19 situation, you know, influenced or affected your activities at this point?
0: Yeah, you know, it did both. And, and you know, I always say, you know, God's will, God's way, and God's time, right? So uh, I'm a firm believer that everything for a reason. So yeah, I mean, when we first started in October of 2019, we were, we set out to build an MVP, right? So I went out to India, we sat down with the team, designed, I had already designed it, and, and we sat down and we worked through it and built it, right, together. And so we had an MVP ready in February, which was the plan. We would be done by February, February and we would use February for the whole month of just slamming it, right? Just testing, 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 and load testing and, and unit testing and making sure everything worked perfectly. Um, we actually had lined up a huge insurance company in uh, Malaysia because at the time, I was uh, doing a little bit of uh, work in Malaysia as well and trying to drum up some business at the same time since I was there. We had a set of doctors, a group of doctors uh, that I'm sure we're still going to go after as soon as the, as soon as some of the, the lockdowns were lifted in that, in that part of the world. But, um, uh, but we had a group of doctors in Malaysia. We had a, a huge insurance company that we were talking to there, and we were ready to get, get started with them. And then we went into lockdown in, in March, right? And we went into lockdown in India and in Asia before the, U, the U.S. went down into lockdown. Um, so then everything came to a screeching halt. What it did was it really gave me an opportunity to pivot in two ways. I think, you know, what we did was we, we kind of we went through that MVP and MVP is what it is, right? And so you put everything you can to get the best possible product to start with but we were not as deep as I would have liked us to be. Yeah, and so, and that, that really rich user experience that we have now today, we didn't have in February last year, right? Um, we had a very basic, you know, interface on the front end, but it still allowed you to do the sharing and, it, and it allowed you to have access uh, to information and whatnot uh, and put your own information in. So still had that, but I wasn't crazy about the user interface. So what it did was it did two things. So we pivoted, right? We added a whole COVID piece into the app and we also redesigned the entire user interface. Because what I wanted was I didn't want people to kind of box us into, oh, it's just another EHR system. It's not, it's very different. So while we allow medical records to be stored, right? And and we even have a a small EHR uh, platform, uh, with online um, appointments, uh, scheduling and payment scheduling, and tele- telemedicine, telepresence built into it, all of that good stuff. We, um, for for again, for those underserved communities that are driving everything on paper, because we were also talking to the government of Tamil Nadu at the time. And um, uh, yeah, and and so when we when we got to that point, we said, "All right, let's take this opportunity." to really build an interface that's gonna bring people in that app every day, yeah? So we built reminders for prescriptions, we built um, reminders for appointments, we integrated Google Maps to help you find out how to get to a doctor uh, right from your app. So if you've got an appointment that's scheduled there, we actually give you a little direction button right on your appointment and it maps you right to their office um we integrated uh deeply we integrated zoom deeply into it right and so we've got uh, telemedicine completely integrated in it um yeah a lot of bells and whistles like that but we also really took a focus on making sure that you know we give you health tips every day we can um we can um take a dashboard of your um, of your health, of your vitals, right? And so what we what we worked on was integrating wearables. So we integrated the iWatch, the Fitbit. We're working on integrating like accutech and a few others, right? That are IoT devices that people use today. Um, and, and then we're gonna present that in, a, in very much like a fitness dashboard that you see today. So you've got over the course of days or weeks or months, you know, you as well as all your doctors that you shared your information with. So your cardiologist, your endocrine, Chronologist, for example, if someone had diabetes and 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 their doctor wanted them to, to track their nine out of ten times they're sending it over WhatsApp or they're putting it on a piece of paper and they're taking pictures, sending it to a doctor, or or just sending it into, or sending bring it into the office when they go to visit. But if a doctor is really worried about their patients, right, and want to track them remotely as well, or they're going to jump on a telepresence call, then they have all that data right there in BIOS that they can see without having to you know, pass paper back and forth or, or other messages, because all the data is right there. You just fill in your app, you track your numbers during the week, and then you can look at that dashboard wise and go, okay, here's my sugars for the last three days, six days, 30 days, you know, here's my blood pressure, here's my heart rate. We even allow you to put in ECG information um, um, and any radiology reports, any scans, whatnot, all that can be
1: uploaded. Wow. That's absolutely amazing. I mean, it's it's almost unbelievable, right? You have all this in your brain to some extent, right? But now everything can be seen by by your physician and and you have everything integrated. I mean, you can get more real time than that, right?
0: (laughs) The beautiful thing about that for me is, you know, especially when I go back and I think about my mom again, you know, I couldn't like just... Forget some medications that she was taking. Right. And and all of that is just too much, especially if you have children, you have a family, we have a family and you put all your kids information. The beautiful thing about this as well as as you can actually have your parents share their profile with you as well and you can track your parents health. Right. You can even see all the prescriptions, even the reminders. So for example, you know, if if my mom was still alive and I wasn't living with her, I could I can just look at and say, okay, has she been taking her medicine? Because we give you a little a little box, you can just hit the hit the button and check that you've been taking it, right? And it's a reminder even for yourself. And so Um, But yeah, I I have um, I I wanted to create an environment that uh, really was very family centric, you know, because where we're going with this is we want to get to predictive analysis. We want to build an AI engine on the back of it, start pulling in genome data and and do predictive analysis. I had a very dear. Can I tell you a quick story? Sure. I had a very dear friend of mine, like a brother to me and um, called me out of the blue one day and uh, told me he had stage four um, colon cancer. And so, um, what he thought was irritable bowel syndrome, right. And, and he had six months to live and, and he didn't oh. even make it past three. And, and it was very devastating to his family, to, to, to his friends. And, and, um, and, could we have saved his life? Was that possible? Because that's where I wanna mm. go, right? And and if his father had the same thing by the way, right? And so I want the engine to sit in the back and go, if you put your family history in there and you know that this has happened in your family and you know, you know you've got genome data in there, you've got um, you've got your your history of all of your medical uh, records and, and visits to the doctor and what you were treated for. And so that's going to quench that data together and be able to give you curated data specific to your health needs and your health conditions, right? Or the needs of your child or whatever the case might be. And even for people that are, you know, we're gonna put standards in there, right? So, so you know, there are certain standards out there. If you're a female uh in a certain age group, you should have a mammogram, right? Uh so, so and, and if you pass a certain age, that probably that that time decreases, right, every year instead of every three years. And 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 guys, are you getting your colon checked or or people over fifty, are you getting getting your colonoscopy done? Those types of things, so they can adhere to it or not. The whole point is to change the narrative, right, and to really kind of flip the paradigm around living a very reactive, restorative uh, lifestyle and move towards to a very proactive and preventative one.
1: That was actually one of my like follow up question, and you kind of answered it already. Is that I really noticed already, like a year ago, you know, I started educating myself on new technologies and what's out there, what can be done. Nowadays, almost almost everybody on this planet has a smartphone. And within that smartphone, there's so many things that collect, you know, whatever it is that you're doing around yourself. And on top of that, people also have smartwatches and other things. And you're basically creating your own individual data. And I was wondering, you know, can we actually move healthcare back to what healthcare is like caring for health and not caring for the disease but being more into prevention basically and that's actually what you're addressing right
0: yeah that that was huge for me you know because i i think that there's so much data out there now right i mean we have now come into the world of everybody has an opinion about something you know and not that that's a bad thing but but there is sometimes it's just hard to know What's real, right? Where do I get the real information from? And so um, uh, accurate information uh, as well, right? And so for me, it's it's really around providing a solid platform that educates people on their health. It educates them on, you know, any kind of prescriptions, supplements, whatever they're taking, you know, it, uh, it educates them on uh, what's, what's out there that's addressing um, their needs. So, yeah, our main objective is really to go after um, helping people live a healthier life.
1: I see that. And I, I truly believe that, you know, BIOS is going to be an absolute game changer and will make a huge impact. And bouncing back off that, you just mentioned education. So from your perspective, what types of gaps or needs do you see? Now, let's focus perhaps only on healthcare to help adopt more technology.
0: My humble opinion is this, there is a lot of incredible uh, data sources out there, right? And um, um, the challenge though, is it's, there's so many, right? And so how do we, at BIOS we have, we believe in the power of one, right? So it's B1OS, right? That's why I put a, a one in the name of BIOS. So at BIOS, we truly believe in the power of one. That means we have one life. We should have one source for all of our health information. Yeah. And it's not that we're the end all be all of everything. That's not it. We we need all of these other uh components out there, right? To bring the, the 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 right information to the right individual. And and so while there's incredible platforms uh that that really tell people uh what they need to know, there is just so many. So what we're trying to do is that we're not trying, we're doing it. What we're doing at BIOS is we are taking those um, creditable data sources and we're bringing data to the individual instead of the individual having to go figure out where do I go find this data? So, you know, you think about our health and, and the first thing we get nervous about is, okay, oh my God, it's something wrong and, and, and we get some news from a doctor and whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, our we probably get a bit, our blood pressure rises, right? We get a bit nervous, we get a bit concerned, and then we may be all over the place searching for, for information. So what if we could curate that data and bring that data to you and hand it to you uh, based on what's in your medical records? So if we could do that, I think that's um, that's a game changer in and of
1: itself. And do you see that there might be some concerns in terms of governance because things are changing so quickly so fast especially in terms of technology and there's always this issue about you know who owns the data what do you do with the data and regulations are kind of running behind that so what do you see there would that be an issue at some point or how do you see that
0: yeah it is and and you know that's the one thing as far as i'm concerned you know regulations are always behind the eight ball so for me hipaa is a huge regulatory um challenge that we have to face right and and, and so. HIPAA puts out a list of criteria, you know, if you're going to have medical data, these are the things that you need to follow. There's ISO certifications out there to ensure that you're, you are uh, collecting and and safekeeping uh, data in the right manner. Um, And then there's GDPR, okay, where you've got to have the ability to be able to forget, right, and forget someone and forget their information. The biggest challenge, though, is really around the fact that in the United States alone. It's absurd to be quite honest with you. I, and, and I'm I'm really hoping to, to help be a part of fixing this challenge, right? In every state almost, there's different regulations around how long a doctor keeps information or how long a hospital keeps information, you know? And I was talking to some uh, some very senior uh, folks that really, they, they run educational, uh, sorry, uh, the health uh, department, research department, a medical research department at, at a few of their universities, and I was chatting with them about this. Why is it necessary? I even spoke to some. Uh, I, I mean, I've I've been around uh, the globe and I've lived in quite a few different places, so I got to know doctors there as well. So I even called on their expertise to say, How is it working in your country, and why do you think this is? And so, um, they all agreed on one thing: there's no reason it has to be that way. It's overcomplicated, right, for no reason. And so, how do we how do we help address that? So what we've done is we've taken kind of the worst case scenario timing wise and we've looked across entire states and said, all right, doctors across majority of the states are anywhere from three to seven years and and hospitals are anywhere from 20 to 30 years, right? So we've gone on the higher up on that just to start. Yeah, And, and hopefully we're gonna work with uh, legislation and figure out how we can, in the future, get down to where we can get a more standard record timing-wise, right across not only the states, but it, it, there's no reason it's not across the globe. If you think about it, it doesn't matter whether you're sitting in Burundi, Africa, or you're sitting in Manhattan, New York. You know the, if 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 you have colon cancer, you have colon cancer at whatever stage, and and while it may affect you a little bit differently overall the data right no reason we have to have the data in such a mess that it's in today
1: i'd like to switch gears a bit here um there is from what i've seen and also listening you know listening to you speak and the first conversation we had my observation is that there is this common theme in everything you do this this kind of red thread which is you know healing and hope and i also saw that you know on your on your website the bios website a portion of all your revenues will be donated to support, you know, education in rural areas. And recently, uh, you also had mentioned that to me, you actually uh, funded another organization, which is, if I'm not mistaken, called ICU in Texas. Tell me a bit about, you know, what drives you there. I know in the beginning you, you talked about a lot about God and spirituality, because the industries where you've been and now also in healthcare, you're also doing some groundbreaking work. But you always have this this theme, which is healing and hope. So can you talk about that a bit?
0: That's kind of where my heart's at, right? And, and so for me, um, I wanted to be able to figure out long before the idea of bias came in. I mean, ever since I was a child, I, I hate injustice. Yeah, hate is a strong word. I never use it. But let me tell you how much I hate injustice. And so I am one of those people. I mean, I faced a lot of adversity growing up. And um whether it was at, at home or whether it was at school, you know, I, I didn't fit in, I, I couldn't figure out, you know, where I really belonged, got bullied a lot, got picked on, uh, or, or was abused actually to a certain degree, you know, and and it was just it was terrible. And yet children go through that all over the world. And and so um I, I went to a Catholic school uh and and I came across in fourth grade uh these little what was called marinal books these little pamphlets that we would get missionaries would come in from across a uh, uh, very underserved parts of the world. And they would talk to us either at church or at school and, and whatnot. And, um, and since then, you know, I always knew that I was going to do something to change the lives of children and people around the world that didn't have access to education or, or any kind of health services. So I knew I wanted to be in that space somehow. And so, you know, Fast forward to many years later, uh, you know, I started a company, uh, a a nonprofit called I See You. And it's called I See You because there are so many people in the world that we turn a blind eye to. You know, I want them to know that we see them. I always knew that I wanted to try to eradicate poverty. You know, And, and how does one person do that? It doesn't happen. Right. But if I can do my small part in it, then I know I will have left this earth uh, in a better place than I found it. And and so for me, I think to eradicate poverty, we won't put a dent in it until we educate people. So we can go all around the world and spend a lot of money building houses for people and, um, and, and, and sending food. And that's the right thing to do, by the way, don't get me wrong. Um, however, I think if we taught them how to build a house, and we gave them the materials, and we provided that kind of stuff to them, you know, give them the give them a fishing pole and teach them how to fish, right? Not don't don't just give them a fish. I'm a firm believer in that. So I started I See You because I want to utilize uh, my know-how, uh, what I've done, and I want to get the right people around me. Uh, again, that's going to call for some some very innovative people that's going to to come into my circle, of which I've been praying for very much, you know. And what I've done in ICU, I have built a blueprint of how do we go and build regenerative uh, uh, environments uh, in underserved parts of the world, even in uh, refugee camps. So how do we go and look at it from the logistic? Infrastructure layer up all the way to bringing remote education into those those areas. Which that means, how do we bring connectivity to them? How do we bring the right water sources to them? Uh, can we can we put in hydroponic farming for them and teach them how to do that to make sure that they have enough food for eating? Because if you can't stay healthy, you're not going to be able to study and, and and use your brain for to your fullest potential. And then on top of that, how do we bring in educational services? I mean, if COVID taught us nothing, it taught us you know how quickly we can go to a remote world and now look at all these amazing companies that are coming out that are truly changing their game changers in the educational space, right? And so we want to bring those companies on board and and, and do kind of remote learning. and, And in the end, we want to people in these in, in, in these villages and, and and in these um rural areas, refugee camps, whatever, give them the opportunity to start learning if they want to do triage, right, from medical, from a medical perspective. Because getting in front of health issues is is nine nine times out of ten is one of the biggest benefits, right? So then how do we marry those capabilities into a blueprint to where any NGO or anybody can pick it up and go, yeah, we've got that blueprint, we're gonna go out and we're gonna implement this because no no one person is going to do it we have to do it as a collective uh and and do what we can to make this world a better place and a safer place for our children and their children and generations to come
1: no i see absolutely it's really a collective effort and and education plays a major role right as you know you're educated you're basically empowered to to make decisions for yourself to you know to build your own livelihoods and for your family and so on so yeah so kudos for that (laughs) So in the last section of the show, what I like to do is to get a, get a small preview into what my guests, you know, read or what music they like to listen. And I have three short questions. So are you ready for my three questions? Oh, my gosh. OK, yes. So the first one is, um, what book are you reading at this moment? Or if you don't read books and you're more of a music person, you know, what music are you listening to on a you know, regular basis these days?
0: I'm reading an incredible book. Uh, that one of my cohorts uh, members just, I just came out of an accelerator here in Houston and she gave me a book called um, draw the circle. Yeah. And it's a spiritual book. It's, it's, it's a book on, on your prayer life. Right. And, and actually uh, being very intentional about prayer and, and and literally drawing a circle around what your intentions are and focusing on that and just you know, improving your prayer life. right? And so I'm really into um, spiritual book and and i'm uh from a work perspective uh, i'm uh reading a book that's uh, the mother's tests, i think and it's how it's how you set up testing for products right that you're you're bringing to the market and uh the mommy test i think it's something like that but yeah one of my favorite books right now is draw the circle it's pretty powerful if you're interested in it and um music i love music oh my gosh you know who, who music is, is it gets the soul moving right so of course my favorite music is gospel music, and so I love you know turning on my gospel music and uh, and uh, Tasha Cobb's and uh, and Sinosh and quite a few of them you know, and so those are my go-to's. But I grew up in R and B, you know. Uh, again, I, I was adopted by an African American family, so I grew up with a lot of
1: uh, father as a, a big you know Miles Davis and Al Green and you know. Is there, um, you spoke about, you know, uh, R&B and so on, but is there perhaps a specific song or even books, because you said you like, you know, reading books, that was, uh, that particularly resonated with you at some point in your life, something that you really remember fondly about?
0: You know, Alchemist was my favorite, right? Alchemist is one of my favorite books.
1: Alchemist, that's the one by uh, Paulo Coelho, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's one of my favorite, he's one of my favorite, uh, by the way.
1: And the last question was basically Do you have like a one book that you absolutely recommend? So I'm wondering is that Alchemist or something else? Or or even a music that you'd say, you know, people have to read this or people have to listen to this music?
0: I think one of the most life changing books for me was uh, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. I read it many years ago and so sorry, but e- Eckhart is one of my favorite authors as well. You know, so if there was one book and I've given this book away to many people. So if there was one of my favorite books or a book that I normally give away often, it is uh, Eckhart Tolle. Uh, Earth.
1: I'll make sure that I have those references in the show notes in case people want to have a look. And uh, we're really now at the end of the show. I mean, I could spend hours listening to you. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think you have all that time available. But I'd really like to thank you for, for taking the time for joining me today. And I'd, I'd like to give you the last word. And, you know, if there's one thing that you'd like our listeners to take out of our conversation, what would that be?
0: So, again, uh, it's just been such a pleasure to talk to you, Claire. The same as Furio, you know, I, I really enjoy our conversations. Um, you know, for me right now, I, I think. The one thing obviously I I have an ask as well. So if there are any um, uh, academia institutions out there or uh, medical institutions that are looking to, very interested in what we're doing, we're taking on pilots. So we're taking on pilots with universities because what we're doing is we're bringing medical data into universities as well all online and working with a lot of athletic uh, clubs within those universities as well. So regardless where you are in the world, and you know, if you've got any communities where everything is just done on paper, and uh, and you're looking to um, to digitalize that, uh, uh, then then definitely reach out to us. You know, we are uh, b1os.life uh, is our um, uh, website. Feel free to go out there. There's a reach us page, and send us a note, and let us know what you're interested in, um, or if you're interested in getting on our waiting list, and uh, for for uh, individual users, and you want to. Um, put your put your information out there for us, please send it to us, we'll get you on our waiting list. Um, and But the most important thing I want to, is I always want to just share a thought of self-care. We've all been through a lot, especially coming out of, out of this last year with COVID, right, and in some countries still aren't out of it yet, but we've all gone through an incredible amount. Uh, a lot of people have lost family members, friends. Uh, people in their circle, right? And and it's been hard. There has been nothing easy about what we've all been through as as a world, right? So I always tell people, make sure you're taking care of yourself, right? And, and it'll often um, we tend to put on our superhero coat, coat every day, our cake, rather, every day we get up and we go out in the world, right? Often we don't pay attention to those signs of ourselves. And, and then before you know it you know people get burnt out people get depressed people are are falling into very unfortunate situations and their mental health they start to lose a you know, a sense of well-being right overall and so take care of yourself you know if you need to talk to someone reach out to someone find someone you can talk to even if you don't trust someone that's close to you there are, there are, there are opportunities there are many organizations even free, that are that are there that you can talk to. and and get the right help. Your life is important. Everybody's here for a reason. There is no extra lives here on this earth walking. So um, my my hope is that people will truly take time to take a break every now and then, you know, uh, reflect. I wish I would have done more of that when I was younger, but truly reflect on life and figure out um even if it's a, a day-to-day kind of lessons learned reflect right what, what did i do that i wish i could have done better right i do that every day i do that every night and just stay healthy as a as as a mentally you know because our mental health is so important um be kind with what you say not only to others but to yourself as well because i have this saying i taught my kids growing up always that uh, kindness and courage will take you over your life you know and so make sure that we're just being kind not only to others but to ourselves as well because our words are powerful
1: thank you so much i think you couldn't have you know say that even in a better way (laughs) i really agree with you and i fully support you know take care of yourself first before you do anything because if you're not well you know it will obviously spill out around you and you know you never know what consequences it can have so thank you so much for those words and i look forward to staying in touch with you
0: Thank you so much, Carla. It's been a, such a pleasure to be here with you today. I, I appreciate the invitation.
1: That was episode 16, a conversation with Mary Carbajal. Mary is truly a visionary entrepreneur. She is harnessing technology to create groundbreaking innovation in healthcare, bringing more transparency in the sharing of personal health data. If you're interested to learn about BIOS's work in healthcare systems and services for your organization, you can just send an inquiry through their website at b1os.life. You'll also find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to this new episode. I appreciate you taking the time. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter so you can stay informed about all our activities. We also look forward to continue engaging with you on all our social media platforms. Simply follow us on Facebook at Narratives of Purpose, on Instagram at Narratives of Purpose underscore podcast, and on LinkedIn at Narratives of Purpose podcast. If you like our show, do share it with your friends, family or colleagues, and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Join me again next week for the final episode of this special Tech for Good series, I will discuss women in tech and more specifically African women in tech with my next guest. Until then, take care of yourselves, stay well and stay inspired. This podcast was produced by Tom at Rustic Studios.